0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On today's episode, we're beginning our new series called Understanding God's Word, Part One, Hermeneutics, Rules and Application.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Brian.
1: Hey, Brian. It's good to be back, man. How you been?
0: I'm doing well. Good. Yeah. Glad to be (laughs) Uh, well (laughs) Glad to be back. (laughs) In the uh, studio, and we're getting ready to start a new series. So yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, so it's going to be good. But everything's going well. We're getting back into some of our fall programming, Mm -hmm. and it it's good. It's busy, but it's a different kind of busy. It's kind of funny because I actually like the routine of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we the fall and springtime is very busy, but I like knowing okay. Monday, I do this. Tuesday, I do this. Right. Wednesday, I do this. Whereas the summer, it's like, oh man. This week, I do this. Yep. Next week, I do something and different. Some, and
1: many times, it's like you come into the week and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this
0: week because it's just, yeah, it's crazy. To me, routine is comforting. I don't know about you.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it helps me, it helps me just tackle the things I, I've got to get done. You know, it's like, it's like the difference between carrying something with handles and carrying something without handles. You yeah. know, it's like the same thing, but just so much easier when you have a routine. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, lots of planning, but lots of exciting, you know, planning and things coming up uh, this fall and even looking into the spring. Yeah. So we just got a, a new uh, worship pastor at our church. Yes, very That's excited about exciting. that.
0: Yes, we're excited. Evan Gray has been voted on and he has been approved and he's going to be here. Probably uh, around the time that this drops, he might be at church. Yeah, so. soon. Yeah,
1: and uh, he'll come. And I think his first Sunday he'll be leading worship will be the first Sunday of September. Yeah. So that's that's Very really exciting.
0: Side Evans, a cool guy. Hopefully, get to know him. We may have him on the podcast at some point mm-hmm. if he if he wants to be on the podcast. Probably talking about Lord of the Rings. But I mean, why would he not want to be on such a popular? <laughs> podcast so. maybe he'll
1: make our po- maybe maybe we'll get more listeners. yeah that'd though. be
0: great <laughs> hey we just want to remind everybody to subscribe to the pod uh, give us a review if you can share it with your friends let them know what you're enjoying and uh, email us with any of your feedback f4l that's the letter f the number four the letter l at org. we would love to hear from any of our listeners and so today like we said we're starting our new series this is a series understanding God's word it piggybacks on the series that we did earlier we did a series on the um the the what of God what, what did we call that i can't yeah, remember i think now. it
1: was uh the the what of God's word essentially it was about like what the is the nature God's of word. the word yeah the nature of yeah, the word yeah that's what we called it <laughs> what we So what we we, do? <laughs> we covered like
0: the theology so yeah. really you need to go back and listen to that because we talked about Inerrancy, and we talked about why the sufficiency of the word, and really a why, bit why God's like word that. is mm-hmm. so important as Christians for us to uh, to to know and to believe and to hold to. And so, right. this is a lot of like, how do we how do we understand that? How right. do we put that into practice? Well, and we
1: wanted, we really wanted to do this series because this is what we feel like it's practical. Yeah, it's practical. I feel like this is what people. Um, kind of need the most or feel like they need the most. I mean, we all need this. It's something we're both extremely passionate about, just how to understand God's Word. But you can't do that until you've talked about what it is in the first place. So we needed to do that. Super important. And now we get to talk about how do we interpret, how do we
0: understand the very Word of God. Right, right. So, So, well, let's jump into this. Yes. Why do we need to learn how to understand or interpret the Bible? Why Mm. can't we just read the Bible and get what we get. Yeah, that's a great
1: question. Um, you know, if if we don't have proper interpretation, then we can make the Bible say anything that we want. You know, that's that's really the big thing. Well, if, this is true if, for
0: if, any kind of communication, exactly, because you can um, you can misinterpret anything that you want to misinterpret if you're putting your own uh, interpretation on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought about this illustration. I thought about if there was a double door. You know, and on one door it said a sign warning: "Do not enter. Danger." You, if you misinterpreted that sign, you would think, "Oh, I can't go through this door. I can, I can go through, through the other. other double door." What the sign is really saying is, "Don't, don't enter this. Don't doors. go through this entrance." Right. And so I think interpretation is important, not just for the Bible, but in life. Yes. And we don't really. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but we don't really interpret things that are true and factual. In a what does it mean to me kind of way, we right. interpret them as what did you mean? You know, you'll send me a text message, yes. and I will say if I don't understand the text message, I don't just say, "Well, I'm going to interpret that how I want." Right. I'm going to go back to you and say, "What did you what mean?
1: Did you mean? Yeah. Please explain further." Exactly. Right.
0: And so this doesn't just have applications in um, the the biblical realm, but it, it extends past that because how we look at things, how we interpret truth. And true things in, in life is very important.
1: Well, and I think, you know, this this kind of goes to the point of, like, a, a lot of times people want spiritual things to be this, like, really, uh, you know, we, we use the term spiritual experience, yeah. you know, this, like... Like in you know, I don't know how to explain this kind of ethereal like feeling that you have, and and what's interesting is God, you know, when you read the Bible, you see God works through very normal things all the time, and uh, and God is in the midst of the normal and in the midst of His own creation. He uses His creation, the things that we're used to, and so what's cool about this that we're studying, and I remember learning this for the first time, thinking wow this is just how you understand thi- words in general communication, right? communication right. Mm-hmm. in general and it it actually helped me like you were talking about it helped me be able to communicate with other people more right. clearly mm-hmm. I was able to understand what other people were saying even better yeah. because because I could I could do this this thing that we're going to be talking about
0: well time. and the danger is if like you like we mentioned earlier that if you misinterpret, if, if, if it's all on how I want to interpret things, yeah. if I don't have a proper way to interpret things, then I can misinterpret. I can misunderstand what God wants to say yeah. to me, or I can make God's word say anything, anything that I want. want. And that's really where we end up in heresy. Yeah, When we refuse to look at the truth of God's word and say, God, what did you mean by this? What, what, what did you want to convey, the yeah. truth that you want to convey? Instead, we say, what truth do I want to get out of this? Right. We can end up in heresy very quickly. That that always happens. I mean, that's almost always
1: you you see this all the time when people start and that's that's again, this goes back to the very first thing in the Bible where the serpent comes and says, Did God really say? I mean, that is an attack against against God's word and and even how you understand what God has well, said. Well,
0: in any of the any of the religions that are have gone way far off of their original, like we look at Roman Catholicism, mm-hmm. they have changed many of their views. It's how, because it, they're not anchored uh-huh. in scriptures. they they, right. they misinterpret the word. Mormonism has gone way far off of its original views because, They they have new revelations all the time, right? And And they they don't
1: they reinterpret scripture, right? uh, Yeah, and 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 it ends up being non biblical. We don't want to
0: be like that. We want to be rooted in God's word. Rooted in God's word. So we must learn how to interpret now. The science of interpreting Mm -hmm. is a word called hermeneutics. Yep. So this is a big fancy word. And I liked what Barry Cooper said from Ligonier.org. He said the word hermeneutic comes from the Greek word. And you may have to help me with this here. Mm, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hermeneo. Yeah. That's probably what I would have said. Okay. I didn't take Greek. Hermeneuo
1: maybe. Yeah. Mm Hermeneuo. Pull out
0: your your Greek knowledge there. (laughs) Yeah. Which means now that word means to translate or interpret. So we get Hermes, the God, the messenger God, who uh, brought messages from the gods and interpreted them for human beings. So that's a similar kind of view of of what hermeneutics is. You know, the Bible talks about this in 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, do your best to present yourself as... To God as one approved, a worker. This is the Iwanaverse. Iwanaverse, mm-hmm. who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Yeah. right. What does it mean to rightly handle God's word?
1: Right there, you see the Bible making it clear that there is a right way to understand God's word to handle it, and a wrong way. And a wrong the, way. There's an
0: implication. There's
1: a wrong way. Exactly. Exactly. So, so this right there shows us, like, okay, we need to make sure we're really understanding this properly, right? We, we need to learn
0: how to rightly
1: understand
0: God's word. Yeah. There's some examples, you know, this is not something that we've just created to say, Hey, let's learn how to interpret the Bible in the 21st century. This is something that has been happening since the time when scripture was written. Let's give a couple of examples. The first one is when Ezra reads the law in Nehemiah 8, 8, here's what it says. They read from the book, the, from the law of God, clearly and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So they're giving the law. What is the meaning of the law? Exactly. And then how do we apply that to our lives today? That's, that's what that's Ezra what, did.
1: That's yeah. where it says they gave the sense. And I, I, we, when I was studying worship and things uh, back in, in seminary, we talked about Ezra and Nehemiah and how when they would read the scriptures, they would, not, they would almost never just read it. They would read it and expound on it. That's what this verse is saying because they, because otherwise you could you could hear it and, and interpret it improperly. And so they wanted to make sure people are like very clear about what was being said. So they were doing that. Here Philip uh, witnesses to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, 30 through 31. Here's what it says there. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? and he said how can i unless someone guides me and he invited philip to come up and sit with him so there we see we see philip helping explain
0: helping this ethiopian eunuch interpret god's word he was reading prophecy about jesus and he That's needed right. help to understand what that was all about he mm-hmm. did, it didn't make sense to him exactly he wasn't he was ethiopian not mm-hmm. jewish yep he needed help to understand needs someone to interpret it for mm-hmm.
1: him Give him, yep, exactly.
0: Jesus himself um, talks mm-hmm. about this in Luke 24 27. This is when they're on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus is um, not revealing who he's, you know, yeah, himself. He just resurrected. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he says, and, and so he's walking along the road with these two men. He says, in the beginning with Moses. And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus did this a lot because, you know, you look at even the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about things about hate and adultery and um, yeah. and eye for an eye, and he talks about uh, divorce and all of these types of things. He's interpreting the law. He's mm-hmm. giving the meaning and the application for them in their, in their time. Mm-hmm. And so this is not, this is something that's biblical, and good and it goes on throughout church history yes and so this is something that we today need to continue is to learn how to rightly handle god's word there's a way to do that
1: that's right there are there are rules like and we're going to get into kind of understanding like who gets to determine right how we do this right Rule,
0: rules are important right mm-hmm. if you are in any sort of sport football basketball baseball you cannot just go out and do whatever you want. Exactly. You know, it's like um, when we were kids, and you're playing a sport. You kind of the oldest kid makes mm-hmm. up the rules as yep. he goes along. Oh well, that that's that's a foul, you know, or yep. or that's that's out, you yep. know, and you just kind of make up the rules. This is what people do with scripture yep. nowadays. Yep. But there are with every not just scripture, but with every sort oh, of yeah. communication with 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 um, printed communicated words, with Mm -hmm. spoken words, with um, visual words. There are rules and things that you probably already know, but you've not thought about them. You haven't put them in any sort of process or order, Mm -hmm. right? And you probably do these things day to day. We've got to treat the Bible in the same way. And so let's jump into that. This is where we are talking about, this is where we're talking about hermeneutics and the need to understand these rules. One of the resources that we used is the Basic Guide to Understanding the Bible by Dr. Robert Stein. Mm -hmm. I don't think, at least in my knowledge, there's a more clear... And practical understanding of how to understand yeah. the Bible. I've
1: got several. We, well, you do too. We we both got several books on hermeneutics and understanding, and and there are some that are super helpful and really uh, in depth, like technical technical. Mm-hmm. Stein's book takes all of that and just makes it it's very so clear.
0: accessible. Yeah, to Which I I
1: really appreciate that because it, it helps me. I like to read some of those technical things, but then I need somebody to. To make it make sense, you yeah, know, to, to interpret that <laughs> to me even. And so that's what this book does.
0: Well, highly recommend Yes, you, our listeners just buy this book. Yeah, and read I have it. several Dr. Stein books. Part of it was because I took New Testament with a, Dr. Stein. Yeah. And so he required so his own books uh, in class, which was great because he was the foremost, um, like New Testament scholar at the time right. at, at Southern and, um, as I'm reading through his books, he's lecturing through, and I'm following along.
1: God, and, I already have his notes. <laughs> right, exactly. But it
0: was really great and so rich, and I'm thankful that I oh, was yeah. able to take class with him. So the first consideration is who makes up the rules, okay? There's three mm-hmm. distinct components in all communication. Every communication, Yep. not just the Bible. You have the author, the text, and the reader. That's right. And the goal is interpreting, okay, especially in the Bible, to discover the meaning of the text. Mm-hmm. Like John Piper says, the mean, what the do, meaning
1: means by meaning. What does meaning mean?
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what he <it> says. <laughs> I love John Piper. He, decide, he, he always defines the word. Like what is the Godness of God? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> the glory. <gloriness> so of, <laughs> anyway. what is the meaning? The meaning is what is intended to be communicated mm-hmm. by the written words. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that gives us an immediate question. Who determines this meaning? Is it the author, the text, or the reader? Yeah. That's this right. is really important.
1: Yeah. And this is this is super important. And this is where I think for me, I remember studying this in Bible college, you know, as a you know, green 19-year-old, listening to my professor, reading the these books. And once I realized kind of who gets to determine the meaning, this this really kind of locks everything into place. Mm-hmm. Once you understand who really gets to define what something means yeah that's when you that's when you've got everything that you need to actually know what is being said right. here. Okay. And so there's several different things, several several different, like you just said, several different uh, options that we can look at. And so let's look at some of those options and see which one actually is the authority yeah. here.
0: What happens if the text is the determiner? Let's hypothetically. Yes. What if we assume the text is the determiner? So what you're happens? reading
1: something and that thing that you're reading is is whatever it means, Right. So that that is complicated, right? Well, the
0: meaning is independent of what the author meant and wrote and really what the reader interprets it. What are the dangers with this view?
1: Well, okay, so this is kind of, it's a little complicated, but the, the biggest problem is that the text's, the things that are written are a collection of symbols or letters. And those symbols and letters are, are not meaning in and of themselves. Right. Meaning requires thought and reason. We're going to talk about this in our next episode when we talk about language. There's, a, there's an idea of, of coding and, and data that is being used. And so the the letters and the symbols themselves are not the meaning. It is how they are used mm-hmm. in order to come up with and transfer meaning from one person to another. So yeah. ultimately, those symbols, the in and of themselves, cannot be the
0: meaning yeah. because they have to be you, put into place in a certain way. You could give me a text that's written in French and I would not understand it. Right. I would look at it and I would say... I can't discover the meaning because I can't understand it. Exactly. But so so the text itself, it has to have thought and reason behind it. I have to be able to understand what it says. The text is a... Uh, is just a it's a medium. Yeah, it's a medium. It's it the text conveys the meaning, but it right. cannot produce it. So it's impossible for the text to be the one who's going well, to determine the meaning. It's kind of like in DNA,
1: right? If you have just a random series of molecules, like that's great, but but those molecules have to be put together in a very specific order in order to bring about genetic code. Yeah, it, that doesn't happen on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those molecules don't do anything in and of themselves. it's how they're ordered. so so the text isn't really the meaning yeah,
0: right so so I mean, the second one would be the reader as determiner. this so one
1: gets this one's interesting.
0: What happens in that case So this would mean that, There could be multiple meanings based on each individual person who are in themselves affected by their own thoughts, their environment, the time they exist. I mean, all of the things, all of the external factors and internal factors of a person because you're a different person than I am. So we could extrapolate many meanings of a text. Now, this is actually Mm -hmm. a common view today when we talk about. Interpreting Scripture. Yep. And what's the danger with this? Well,
1: a lot of times you even see this with you know I've had this in in interactions online where it's like, well, that's your interpretation, right? As in, as in, that's your meaning, your truth, and 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 I have my own meaning and my truth, and that's that is the problem is that it's it's really all subject. When when the reader is the one who determines meaning, then. Truth is subjective, which means, which means there isn't
0: really a truth. It's just whatever people think. It's all opinion now. Part of the problem with this is this comes out of postmodern thinking where right. we get to interpret everything. Now, there is a vein of uh, writing, which, we, which Dr. Stein classifies as literature. Mm-hmm. And that is where the author actually intends for you to see how it, what it means to you and and we can do this with art we can do this with film we can do this with um, with with writing with stories and so you the author is actually saying whatever this means to you is what it means now a lot of times that those things are not truth based right, do you know right, what i'm saying right, right, right. it it's not a historical account you know where you're reading through a book uh, the history of george washington mm-hmm. okay and it's you, almost like a picture. You, you can't look at the history of George Washington and say, What does this mean to me? Right. You're conveying the meaning. You get the meaning from, from reality, from the, the writer yeah. there. But, but there are many things that we can look at a, at a painting or something. And, and if the author has given us permission, we can look at that and say, Okay, I can determine the meaning. But, but here's the key the author, even in that, is saying, you get to determine the meaning. So, in one sense, if you follow that mm-hmm. logically, they're give they're giving the meaning by letting you determine the That's meaning. That's
1: right. And really, all that does is it just opens up the possible uh, understandings a little bit. It, but it still can't be anything you want. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it can't. Ultimately, the meaning is is constrained by somebody. Um, it, it is, and it's it's either really really broad, made super broad mm-hmm. to the reader. Like, hey, you can kind of. Uh, interpret this however you want or to me it's almost like in movies where they have multiple endings and it's like which ending do you like go ahead but you still have to choose from those endings you know
0: so there's still some constraint um and so it's funny i watched i was watching a tv show where they were in an art gallery and someone had used a toilet as a a piece of art. Mm -hmm. So then that, the author is intending that to have the meaning of an art piece and it was a comedy. So the character accidentally (laughs) is using the toilet. (laughs) He's misconstruing the meaning of that piece of art, you know, by, by using it as a, as an actual, as an actual toilet. Yeah. 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 But the Bible is not like literature. It's not like in in the sense of you get to determine the meaning. The scripture is truth. Mm -hmm. And so, with that the the author or i'm sorry the reader does not get to interpret the meaning based on what they think or feel that's not fair mm-hmm. to the text Well, we don't do
1: that to anyone else. Like you don't send me a text message. And like you said earlier, and I don't look at that text message and just be like, like you don't say, Hey, let's meet at nine to do our podcast. And I go nine. Yeah. That feels like 10, you know, like that doesn't ever happen.
0: Or nine, nine, I'm saying nine. And you say 9 PM. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought we were meeting at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Yeah, and it's like, well, come on, you. you and if you, you misinterpret the better. meaning, a lot of times you go back and you say, "What did you mean by exactly. this?" You go back to the reader, which we're already hinting around. Right. Who so we let's, think? Yeah, let's who, move on here. Mm-hmm. The one we're left with is the author as the determiner which, of the meaning. Just think about the word
1: itself, author. I mean, right. Authority. All you know, these, the one who determines it, the author is right. Why is this the correct view? Just because it is, (laughs) just Um, again because he and this is how I think about it. uh, The the author is the one who has a thought in his or her mind, and what he or she is trying to do is get that thought into your brain, right? And so they're using whatever style of communication to do that, and and we do that through coding, right? Um, And and so it's actually funny to me when if you think about the way digital things work, way anything works, really. Anytime information is ever communicated from one thing to another, it has to be encoded, put, transferred across, and then properly deciphered so that the meaning is carried along. Yeah. And so that's what's happening when the now, author the author is the one who's who puts something into a pattern, right. into a code for you to, to then
0: understand it. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you have to agree with it. You know, you can right. read a historical document Uh, you can read a historical book on George Washington, like we said earlier, and you can say, I don't believe that. Right. I don't believe that George Washington existed. I don't believe that happened. That's okay. You can think whatever you want as, as the reader. But here's the thing that does not change what the author author wrote and the meaning that the author intended it to mean. That's right. Whether you agree with that or not. And this is how people uh, can treat the Bible. Mm -hmm. You have to acknowledge that the meaning is from the author and what it, what it's intended to convey. Like if you don't agree mm -hmm. with it, that's on you.
1: Like you cannot read the Bible. The author of the Gospels intended for us to understand that Jesus bodily, physically died, and then came and back to life bodily, physically. They're they're doing everything they can to make that clear. You can't read that and be like, Well, I really think this is more of a spiritual thing. You can't do that because the author is not well, you can, letting. But you're not,
0: being fear... right. you're not being you're not being uh fair to the biblical to process. That's, that's yeah. right.
1: You're not actually trying to know what the author. Meant, mm-hmm. you're trying to do. You're trying to make it mean what you want it to, right?
0: Mean. Well, and if we do that, we're denying that the the author. If we did, de- if we deny the author as determiner, we're robbing them of their creation. That's we're right. refusing to acknowledge. Their meaning it's as if we're stealing something from them that's exactly right yeah I mean what artist wants to draw, draw something
1: or, or paint something that is that is clearly something and have somebody totally misunderstand it mm-hmm. that's not what n- nobody wants that
0: yeah and then some might have objections um, for instance in ancient literature they may say how can you how can you know the meaning what about? translation or language barriers? How mm. how can you even know what they were thinking? And Dr. Stein tackles this and he says, these objections are more hypothetical than anything, especially mm. with the Bible. Listen, we can know what happened yeah. a long time ago with the information that we have. Here's the thing. We have even more information yeah. now than we've ever it's had. An, it's
1: amazing. Yeah. The mm.
0: amount of information that we have on the scriptures and the, the time that people wrote and the history, is we're actually becoming more
1: we're actually becoming more we're able to more accurately understand what they meant now than ever uh that's incredible Mm -hmm. i mean think about think about how how much you can know i mean i just think about reading like augustine and i'm and i'm reading him and i'm like wow how amazing
0: is it that we can very very accurately know we're still what he was saying through through archaeology we're still discovering things that are that are uh being proven true from the Bible today in in our modern times. It's insane.
1: I love it. It's so cool to see, you know, and they say time will tell. Well, it's telling, you know, it's telling that that the word is true.
0: And, you know, for the believer, we also have to understand that the, the role of inspiration factors into this greatly. Yeah. You know, this is God's word that he inspired. He protects it. He defines it. He gives the meaning through the author, through the inspiration. And so when we have all this information, that we have, mm-hmm. and we trust the Spirit, we can interpret the Scripture correctly. That's right, and, we, and yes, we can see what the author meant for us to get out of that and,
1: text. And we have to, and that's that's the thing to really hone in here, listener. What we're trying to get at right now is we have to submit to the author and what they meant. So, so if you're trying to understand God's Word, step one is understand that the author is the one who determines what it means. So submit yourself to the author of the Bible. He is the one who determines what it means. Stop. Don't try to make it mean what you want it to. So that's step number one. And that's super helpful for understanding all of God's word. If you're
0: like me and you're looking for a a process by which to do this, we will talk about that in future episodes. We're going to talk about what it means to study the Bible and how we can see all of these things and we'll talk about this gets super applicable. We'll talk about resources and all that. So don't worry because I'm the same way when mm-hmm. I start to uh, hear these concepts. Like I, yeah. I'm like, well how do I how do I apply that? How do right. I put that into practice? Oh well, yeah, that's
1: what this whole series is about ultimately. So um, we got we
0: got to cover some of this uh this overview type mm-hmm. stuff and understanding these concepts. Yeah,
1: these yeah these are foundational things. Like, for instance, okay, so there's roles of, mm-hmm. of different, there's different elements in this, uh, in communication, right? We, yes. Uh, I think, did you already talk about the three different parts of, of a text? Or... We talked about the
0: author, the text, okay, and the good. reader, yes. and they have distinct roles. So yes. we know the author's role is to write down the inspired Word of God based on his own language, thoughts, feelings, and context he writes them to convey meaning, mm-hmm. whether it's history, law, poetry. There is a meaning ascribed to it when it is written down. That's right. So this
1: this gives us, and here's here's what's great. Um, this gives us conscious and unconscious implications. Okay, and the implication that's a that's a an important word, which is why interpretation is so important. And, yeah. And, implication so there's meaning and then there's implication implication are um meaning that can be drawn from what the author specific this is where this is where you can say things like so when we say things like what does this mean to me a lot of times what we're doing is trying to look at what the meaning Mm -hmm. is implying right and how that then applies to our lives personally.
0: Yeah. Right. So so let's look at one example here. The church in Ephesus, where Paul writes in uh, Ephesians 5, 18, says, Do not be drunk with wine. So think about mm-hmm. this. He's writing to the context of this church in a very specific way. He's telling them in this in this in this mm-hmm. way, hey, whatever the 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 occasion for writing this, don't be drunk with wine. Right. Now and, so, so if if an Ephesian, if an Ephesian um, person, do they walk that. away with that and say, "I can go drink beer and be drunk, right I can go drink other hard liquors and be drunk. you know Yeah, that would be a, a faulty interpretation. <clears throat> right
1: Like of course the meaning he is specifically saying wine, so we it's not he's not saying something else. But if
0: you look at the language, he's saying basically do not be drunk. Exactly. Now the example he's using because this was a problem for them was wine, right right Right. And he also says in, um, he also tells uh, elders, hey, do not don't be drunk. Yeah, do not. Do uh, not be given too much wine, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And so and so there are there are all of these examples where we can extrapolate out. Now, today we have beer and vodka and all other types yeah. of liquor that we could, mm-hmm. bourbon and whiskey. So I think it would be okay to say the, the unconscious implication would be, don't be drunk with any of these things. Right, exactly. And so that's not a... A bad interpretation. That's a good interpretation. Because we
1: all know, like when you say something, I, I deal with this a lot with the student ministry, especially doing rules for games. Mm-hmm. And it's like you say a rule or you say a thing, and they're like, "Oh, well, what about this?" And and you normally come back with, "Come on, you know what I mean, right?" And that's where we understand implications are are the things that you can draw. Stein talks about it like the pattern. So he's got a pattern of of, of meaning. meaning and it's kind of like it is like a pattern a literal pattern so if I were to say you know uh, let's see two four six eight if I said two four six eight well what does that mean well it means two four six eight but if you were to say okay continue that what would be the next thing you would say 10 10 12 14 because you get the pattern and so here we see the pattern of his meaning is drunkenness and With wine, we get the pattern. He's talking about being inebriated by a substance. And we can then take that pattern of meaning. That's what he means. And then we can see, ah, well, that, that, that I can draw that out too. (laughs) So don't be inebriated by anything really. Mm -hmm. And so now the question is, how does that apply to my life?
0: Right. Right. And we can also look at other texts where we we can draw mm-hmm. in other texts, and we can cross-reference that where Paul says in other things that drunkenness is a sin, exactly. and he doesn't classify it with wine. Right. So if you're interpreting it literally and says, "Do not be drunk with wine." Okay, I can't I can't be drunk with wine, but I can be drunk with beer. No, no. Paul mm-hmm. says later on, drunkenness. Is a sin exactly so? The, so yeah. there, yeah. that's that's hermeneutics. That's another part of hermeneutics, right there. That's how the we interpret
1: scripture. interprets scripture.
0: That's so. Right. One final condition uh, consideration that I think is important is we do not understand the author's meaning apart from God's meaning, right? And I I actually put this quote in here from uh, Doctor Stein's book because I thought there was no other better way to say mm. it. It says, to understand the meaning of the biblical text, we must understand what their human actors consciously willed by, uh, willed to convey by the text. The divine meaning of the biblical text is the conscious, willed meaning of God's inspired prophets and apostles. To understand the divine meaning of the scripture, then, is to understand the conscious meaning of God's inspired servants who wrote them down. It is in, not behind or beyond the meaning the author wished to share that we find the meaning God wished to share in the scriptures. So he's saying the meaning of the author, the meaning of God, the inspired word, go hand in hand.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, and this is really hard for people to understand. A lot of people think that scripture was written. Um, there's a term for this, where it's like auto. There's like as if as if God just like spoke to them. They went
0: into a trance. Yeah, and just and began they started writing,
1: um, or like God spoke to them. You know, he dictated. Now that did that does happen some. Yes, um, but that's actually not the majority of scripture. Where it, where it
0: calls it out. It yes, says, it, God says it says it specifically. Right.
1: But but most of scripture is God. By the Holy Spirit, he he is the author who is using human authors mm-hmm. to write exactly what he wants to say right. by the authors writing exactly mm-hmm. what they wanted to say. Right. And that's why we can look at Scripture and say, man, look at how Paul wrote this or look at how Isaiah wrote this, while also simultaneously saying God wrote this. Right it's really cool. I mean god god's god's the master art artist here, you yeah. know? Like <laughs> it's really cool. So there's there's the role of the author. Now we need to look at the role of the text. The text is extremely important of right. course, right? So it's simply
0: there to convey the author's meaning through symbols exactly. or we might call them letters. The text is mainly concerned with shareability between the author and the reader. The author is writing in a way that his audience would understand. He is sharing And the text is the vehicle by which this happens. That's right. Okay, so we're going to study language to understand the context better. For instance, uh, the word love in Greek does not, you know, our word in English is one type of love. We use love, and we have to understand what the context Mm -hmm. of it is. Mm -hmm. When I say, hey, Brian, I love you, right? you're not going to, they think that, <laughs> that in the same way as I say the word, I love my wife. Exactly. It's a different type of love. Exactly. In, in the Greek. Greek language, they actually have different words mm-hmm. for this. They have and even so more. so this is why we have to understand the text. This is why we look at the text and we understand languages and translations and we study all these types of things. So the text is going to give us a bunch of information. And if we study it, we can discover the author's meaning and the author's intent there. We can understand things like historical, uh, f- uh, physiological, so- sociology. So- I'm, I'm messing up that word.
1: Mm, Sociological, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: cultural, and geographical information. There's yeah. lots of information in there that we can get just from the text alone. Yeah that's
1: right yeah the challenge here is to not get too bogged down in the information that we never get to the meaning and this is you know this is where we have to be careful and again I, i just think of this as like i think of like computer programmers like my brother does some of that and and you have to there are different types of coding uh languages you know uh and and there's different ways to transfer information and so what you have to do is understand how that language is working Without and, and it's good to know that stuff. It's good to be to nerd out on those things. That's great. We need people who know every detail of how these things work in order for us to understand it. But at the end of the day, we can't get lost. We can't well, we can lose, lose the, the forest for the trees. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, our the study, trees are really interesting, but there's a forest there that we. Need our to study,
0: understand. our study, especially for um, Christians that are wanting to learn and grow in their faith, has a purpose. It's to learn what God's Word is saying and how it applies to our lives. That's right. And so we need to study God's word. We need to be able to look at these things. But we can't get so in-depth that we miss the meaning. That's right. You know, which, you know, oh, I'm going to learn about this river and how this river that the Bible talks mm-hmm. about. And some of that might be applicable. Yeah. Uh, some of it won't well, be I mean, applicable. And this is why, like, when we teach a Bible study or a sermon, you know, we have a limited uh, time yeah. to do that in. I cannot pull out every... Yeah historical detail (laughs) and teach every historical detail i have to focus on the things that 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 are helping me get the meaning out the point and then can help the people apply it to their lives That's exactly
1: right and so the text is the way to do that and and you know uh it can be as complicated or again most of the stuff we all do naturally like Like we learned how to read when we were little and now we can read. And, you know, some, you know, when you're when you're little and you're learning multiple languages, like, man, that's great. Because then you can you can do some people, you know, they're so fluent in other languages that they speak in all the languages at the same time without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But but that's not the point. The point is. What are you trying to get from your mind to the other person's right. mind? What is God trying to get from His mind into our minds? Right. That's what we're really trying to figure out.
0: Here. So let's talk about the role of the reader. The reader is seeking. We've kind of we've kind of danced around this a little bit. The reader is seeking to discover the meaning set forth by the author. So he is interpreting the text for this purpose. That's right. And he's using all of the tools and resources, the literary form, the context, the language, the translation. Also, we must understand theology. Mm-hmm. That's an important, especially when we're thinking about the Bible.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it does seem overwhelming because it feels like you have to know every, everything about these things, you know, context and, and language. And it's like, it's like, do I have to know everything? Um, no, no. I mean, like, think about, think about your own personal life. I mean, if you try to think about all the details of your own personal life, that's overwhelming, right? That's why we write down lists. That's why we um, make notes so that you're not having to, like, think about everything all the time. And what's great, what's amazing, I mean, God, in his uh, grace, in his common grace, has given to us resources. Yeah. Like, we're pastors, and sometimes, I don't know, Brian, if you ever feel this way, but sometimes I feel the burden... Almost like people expect me to know everything about the Bible, yeah. and you know what's hard is like I, I, that's not that's not how I am, and and what's frustrating for me is I I remember passages of Scripture, but remembering the exact um, reference is so difficult, mm-hmm. and and you know what I just have to rest in the fact that God's made us in this time, and what's amazing in our time today is I on my phone I can look up. I can remember a verse and I can just write that in and immediately have the reference and the contact. I mean, I can look up anything right now. And so we should not be overwhelmed by this. We should be thankful for the amount of resources that we have. And it's like, if you're reading something, you don't understand the context. Right. All you got to do is look it up and, and you live in a time where you can do that like never before. No, right. No one's ever been able to do this type of study like we can do nowadays.
0: Well, and that's, and that's the point is it can be, overwhelming. And I, and I want to caution people about getting, uh, like too overwhelmed with, with this, like, don't get like freak out. We're going (laughs) to talk about, we're going to talk about this and what it means for like how to study and how how to, uh, how to work through these types of things. But let me give you one example. Um, you know, when, when you read through the scriptures, you can get a lot out of it. Right. But when you study the scriptures, you can even get more right. out of it. You know, one of the things we've been going through in, an, in sermon series over this year has been the book of Acts. And I was talking to our intern over the summer. We were doing some leadership stuff, and we were looking at the life of Paul in one of our chapters. And it was interesting because as you read the book of Acts, paul it looks like Paul goes from uh, conversion to, a, uh, mm. it looks like a very short Yep. in in the text, it's a very short period where he's in Tarsus. Then he goes to Antioch. He's confirmed, or he's confirmed by the. I'm sorry, he's confirmed by the apostles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Tarsus. Then he's out doing missionary stuff. Yeah. yeah. Boom, but boom, actually, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. there's there's almost a decade right there between when he goes on his first missionary journey and when his conversion happens. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about that, you can, you can say, wow, Paul was really preparing for ministry. He was studying. He was preaching. He was discipling people in Tarsus even before he went to Antioch.
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, that's and right. And so
0: we look at that, and we can understand a deeper connection to Paul, and we, we actually lose a little bit of our rashness to say, well, I can just go run out and do ministry. Right. No, Paul submitted himself to the apostles he was discipled by Barnabas he 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 was he was learned in the word mm-hmm. he did ministry before he even went out on his first missionary journey that's right
1: i'm listening to uh, martin lloyd jones sermons and uh, on the mlj uh, sermons app and it's funny in his sermon on romans he he, he just take it's a whole sermon on paul like, you know, it's like, that's like the beginning of Romans, you know, it's like Paul, you know, to the that's church great. in Rome. And his, his whole thing is talking about who Paul was mm-hmm. because his point is you will not understand what he's saying if you don't know who he is and what's happened in his life. And right. the great thing is the Bible tells us all those things. Right. And so, uh, so you can, you can do all of this. It just takes, you know, it's kind of like, just relax, mm-hmm. take a look, yeah. take it easy and just, just submit
0: yourself to the, to the, to the author yeah and we'll hear what he has to say so we'll go through a lot of this as we go along but that's one exa- those are a couple examples of how you can draw out uh the meaning mm-hmm. through study yeah so so far we've talked about the meaning mm-hmm. who determines the meaning we've talked about the roles right let's talk about application yes. briefly because i think this is important for people to understand There, this is where a lot of people's minds are going to go right
1: this uh, is what we all want and and that's good but right yeah So from the meaning, we can apply that to our lives, right? Uh, Scripture has one meaning, but we all have unique and different lives, and it can apply to our unique and different lives all across, all over the world. I mean, every single human being, the, the same text, the same meaning can apply to your life in a different way than it applies to mine.
0: Yeah, let me give you an example. One easy example is where Jesus says, love your neighbor. Yeah. Okay, this is actually, it can apply in many different ways depending on what you're dealing with mm-hmm. at the time. It could mean your actual neighbor. Right. Maybe your actual neighbor um, is making it hard for you to love them yeah. and you have to exercise this. It could be a difficult co worker, it could be someone just on the street that you meet mm-hmm. that very day. Uh, you're dealing, whatever your situation you're dealing with, this is reminded to say, hey, love your neighbor in your context. That's right. And so many scriptures apply in this way. It has the same meaning. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And Jesus says, who is your neighbor? Mm-hmm. It's, it's anyone. It's everyone. It's yeah, anyone and everyone. That's clear in the text, yeah. And so we, from that, we can look at that and say, okay, what does that mean? How does that apply to my life? That's right. And how do I exercise that in my life? Because I don't have a an influence or I don't have a relationship with all of the people in Evansville. That's right. But I can apply to love your neighbor to the people that I come in contact with, the people that I know. And if every single one of us are applying
1: this to our particular lives, then theoretically everyone would be loved on because we're all trying to love our neighbors. Yeah. And our neighbors are different individual people, but because we are in different contexts
0: loving doing what this text means right man that that's that's how the bible works well even when i read the bible and and god is speaking about certain sins it may be that i don't really struggle with that particular sin that sin is not resonating with me but the concept of sin and how seriously god takes sin i'm convicted of other things in my life that's Do you right. know what i'm saying so that scripture is applying to my life in that way to say God cares greatly about sin.
1: Well, and yes, and th- go back to the text we were talking about where it says, Do not be drunk with wine, right? I mean, that when we, when we understand the implications, we knew the meaning, we, we understand the implications, we can draw from that. Well, then I can say in my life, like what? Well, I don't drink wine, so that's not a problem, right? You know, right. It's like I'm good, right? Well, hold on how How else can this apply to right. my life? Well, well, if if drunkenness, inebriation, I mean, like, are are there other things in my life that have a stronghold that 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 control me? Um, are there are there things like that that I'm maybe addicted to? Like, can I? Can, can I say that I'm not addicted to TV? or and you know you have to be careful how far you draw mm-hmm. it because it's still constrained by the meaning of the author. But you can apply that in many different ways. you know um, Many people who don't drink alcohol at all, can still find applications from that text.
0: Yeah, in well, their life. and and I would think a more general text would be where Paul says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. There you go. That's you know? great. Yes, and he says uh, he's talking about the context of there are things that are okay that I can do. Yes, but they're not good for me. Exactly. And so I think there are things in Scripture yes. that, that we can look and apply that in different ways. That's right. That's right. So this is how this kind of works out. We got to make sure though our applications are subject to good interpretation. That's exactly right.
1: Because yep. Because then you can make that application be anything and and that's that's not then then you've totally missed what the the author is meaning right right? you've totally missed
0: it so the one thing we got to make sure and we'll talk more about application as we go along but the one thing we have to make sure is that our interpretation is good Mm -hmm. how do we do that well piper has a really good um uh, a really good kind of article lesson on how do i test my interpretations of the bible and so he says, "We'll go through this kind of quickly." He says, "Number one, take this question seriously. Okay, you can't just flippantly talk mm. about interpretation and say, um, you know, oh, my interpretation is not good, or yours is not good, or it's what I want. It has to be. This this is a really serious question in terms of interpretation. We want to rightly
1: handle God's word. Right.
0: We got to measure. And number two, measure every truth claim and every attitude by the bible
1: Is mm-hmm.
0: What I, is what I'm saying true?" Is what I'm thinking. What I'm feeling. Is it true based on Scripture? That's right. Yeah. Uh, he says read Scripture closely and carefully. You know, Piper is a big um, believer in reading the Bible to to really read the Bible, mm-hmm. not just reading it, right? But like really reading it. And if you if you go to uh, his website, you can do some of his look at the book. Those are so good. Uh, you know, so good. another another uh, there was a professor. Oh man, I'm losing his name right now. But anyway, I went to a conference one time, and he talked about his preaching and preparation. And he said he said he read the text something like 40 times before oh, yeah. he preached the text yeah. because he wanted to make sure he was so familiar with the text um, that it it, um, it it was just permeated his person. Mm-hmm. The study was good. He wanted to do the study and read the commentaries and and do all that kind of stuff. Right. But he really like, wanted
1: to know the what, text. What what did he say? Yeah, yeah. what did the so many say?
0: of us yeah. uh, and pastors are guilty of this? We read the text one time and then mm-hmm. we immediately jump to the commentaries. Right, right, yep.
1: No, that's not a good thing.
0: <clears throat> so then he says, number uh, four, four: Do not take eccentric positions.
1: That's a good one.
0: So he's very careful about not immediately jumping. He 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 says that he will use eccentric language. You know, Jesus did that. Jesus used hyperbole and and talked Mm -hmm. in that way, but he is careful (laughs) with eccentric positions Positions. because the Bible um, doesn't take a lot of eccentric positions. Right.
1: And sometimes the things like truth in reality isn't always, you know, necessarily what you want it to be. Right. And so it's easy to take an eccentric position that makes things seem better Mm -hmm. in your mind. Right. But that's just not like that's not really what God's trying to tell you. <laughs>
0: right. He so. says, "Do not propound any new truths; only the old truths." Exactly. Yeah, I think same that's same really. Oh my goodness, that's so that's so vital and if important. If we could,
1: if we could stick to that and realize that you know, like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, really, all we're you know, anything that's new in the world is us just understanding what's old. You know. Uh, that's really all that's, yeah. that's really all there is.
0: The, number six says, surround yourself with people to which you can be accountable for ideas, attitudes, and behaviors. This is so important. We, we don't think about this in terms of studying the Bible and interpreting mm-hmm. the Bible, but oh my goodness, this is so very important. I, I rem- yeah, mm-hmm. Because like the discussions that we have, like you and me and, and Pastor Al and others, that we talk about the scriptures, yeah. that is so helpful to me because it keeps us from going off into uh, a misinterpretation.
1: Because you can't remember every single thing the Bible says. I remember being on a mission trip and I was talking about this theological thing I was thinking with... The guys I was on, I was like, what about this? And they were like, that I hear what you're saying, but what you're missing is this part of scripture over here. And that just made me think about Jesus, like we said on the road to Emmaus. And Martin Lloyd Jones also talks in his sermon on that text. He emphasizes in the way only he can where he's like, You failed to believe all that the scripture says. Right. And that's and that's why we need each other. Because you can't remember you you can't remember everything that the scripture says. You need help making sure that you are using all of scripture to interpret whatever text yeah, you're. This is at. why
0: people that that um, that do their own study without the guide or without the authority of like a church or right. anything like that kind of scare me a little bit because they're saying that I'm the be all end all. I'm. I'm the one yeah. interpreting this scripture. We need help. We need we need the authority of the church of of good pastors. We need good resources right. to help us that does walk not, through this journey. And that doesn't
1: mean that the church or or these resources trump the truth of scripture. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, like when when scripture says what it says, like we got to believe that no matter what. But. Like there's very few times where people who are genuinely wanting to know God's word are going to come up and like, you know, push you away from a true interpretation of God's word. That's 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 actually rare. Normally, there's other reasons for why that would happen. Right. So
0: and then finally, he says, pray that God would lead you into the paths of truth and righteousness. This is so important, guys. The Holy (laughs) Spirit is the teacher. Right. The Bible calls him, that's one of his roles. Yeah, And so we need to pray and ask God's Spirit to lead us and guide us to true and proper interpretation. You know, when I preach, I do ask God. I say, God, oh, help yeah. me not to speak anything, any heresy, anything that would, um, that would go against the, the meaning of what you're wanting to convey. Because I want to be so careful with that. And yeah. I think it's so important. And we can trust the Spirit to lead us in that way. It's
1: His, it's his Word. You know?
0: But here's the thing. The Spirit will never, never, ever, 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 ever tell us something or, or impress upon us, mm-hmm. contradict Scripture. That's right, because it's His Word.
1: Right. He's the, you know, He's the author. Right. He wants you to know what He meant. When we pray that prayer, it's the same thing as when I say, Brian, what did you mean by this text? That's literally what you're doing. And so, yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. And so I hope that we are praying those prayers asking God to help us understand. So to bring this all down to to wrap this all up at the end of the day interpretation really really matters mm-hmm. right so we have to learn how to interpret the bible Correctly, if we want to know what God has said, what God yeah. means, and so in order we've to got do that, to
0: play by the rules, we've got to play by the That's rules. That's so important. There are rules for all types of writing, all types of communication. The Bible is no different. That's right. And so we're going to learn as we go through what these rules are and how we can play by them, how we can interpret rightly the Word of God.
1: That's exactly right. I'm excited. I know, and we never said this, but you know, this topic, talking through this, this is, this is some of the stuff you and I have talked about. These are some of the things that like changed and revolutionized our walk with God. Exactly. I mean, drastically. So I hope and pray that for our listeners, it would it would be of similar uh, importance. Yeah, today. I
0: didn't learn this till I went to Bible college, and it it totally um, like just 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 revolutionized just, the way I thought about Scripture God. and how I how I you everything i was just reading
1: the bible i'm like i get it i I get it now you know it it was so helpful so anyways listeners thanks for listening
0: and we'll we'll see you next time two types of lord of the rings there's a lord of the rings movie Man. lover okay and yes. a and an actual lord of the rings who loves the movies the books everything uh-huh. yes okay which which is he which i are you i'm the lord of the rings everything i mm-hmm. the books are are better than the movies true and but i yeah, love 100 uh, but i love the movies as well yes so i am a all-around lord of the rings lover yes there's some people that just watched the movies like oh i love the movies like yeah. Harry Potter they just watched the Harry Potter po- movies oh. but they never read the books agreed
1: so i think that
0: it's like low class fans Evan they're the lower pro- class fans <laughs> the, the mugbloods of fans yes. <laughs>